Well, welcome to WNZN Radio, coming to you from Lorain, Ohio. Very happy you tuned in on this uh, late spring or early summer day. And uh, again, this is another show. David, thanks for being here. Great to be here, John. David Abood, uh, working this uh, teaching we're going to be looking at this morning. It's kind of follow-up on the things we've been doing for the past couple of weeks, David. A yes. biblical response yeah. to different belief systems or different religions. I think it's very important that we understand the world we live in and what some people may believe or not believe. And it helps us then to fashion uh, a response, you know, see, oh, that lines up in the Bible, or maybe there's an opportunity here. I can learn more about this religion or worldview to better explain our own uh, gospel to people. So having said that, like I said, this is 89.1 FM radio. We're out of Lorain, Ohio. If you're having any problems getting this uh, signal, maybe that's staticky and it's not real clear, you can simply live stream us on your laptop or your computer, and you would just go to www.wnzn.org. Wnzn.org. And so that's where you'll, uh, you'll be able to tune in, and, and that should be a really clear um, program experience. Okay, so as said uh, before, we've been looking at these different... Um, what would you call them, religions. Uh, we did a biblical response to Jehovah Witness, biblical response to Mormonism, and today we're going to look at biblical response to Islam. Uh, these, this is the world we live in today, and we, like I said, we should have a certain understanding of the, yes. of the world and, and how these uh, worldviews influence people's lives. You know, it says in the uh, scriptures, uh, David, uh, in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 21, Test all things, hold fast that which is good. So we're encouraged to look at um, different beliefs and, and where people are coming from. And you see that really clearly in Acts of the Apostles, chapter 17. Uh, this is where the Apostle Paul uh, goes into a community. Uh, it's not in Israel now. He's actually in the region of uh, uh, Greece, where present-day uh, Greece is. And he goes in there and he looks. Yeah. He just walks around and he looks around. And it says um, it says in verse 16, Acts chapter 17, And while Paul waited for them at Athens, uh, the spirit provoked within him when he saw that the city was given over to idols. So he's looking around and he's seeing uh, what's going on in terms of belief systems there. Therefore, verse 17, he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and with the Gentile worshipers, and in the marketplace daily with those who happen to be there. So he's just looking for opportunities to get into a conversation, right? Right. Verse 18, it says, Then certain Epicurean and Stoic philosophers encountered him, and some said, What does this babbler want to say? Others said, He seems to be a proclaimer of foreign gods, because he preached to them Jesus and the resurrection. That's the main message, right? And they took him and brought him to Arpargus, saying, May we know what this new doctrine is, what you speak? For you are bringing some strange things to our ears. Therefore, we want to know what things these mean. So he's really created curiosity here. That's one of the first things you want to do. My motto is whenever you deal with people from different backgrounds or religions, um, try to analyze and not criticize. Right. It's, it's, it's mm -hmm. easier. You ask more questions mm -hmm. than giving answers. We're not a know-it-all. We're just trying to say, okay, why do you do this and why do you believe that? And that's what Paul does. It says, um, verse 21, For all the Athenians and the foreigners who were there spent their time in nothing else 
but either to tell or to hear some new thing. Yeah. Sounds like modern day news networks, don't it? CNN yes. and Fox. And right. They want to hear something new. They like discussion. Of course, Athens is the home of philosophers. Right. You know, they, were, they really were in the exchange of ideas. That's true. And then Paul says, verse 22, in the midst of our pagas, which is like the marketplace, men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are very religious. For I was passing through and considering the objects of your worship, I even found an altar with this inscription, to the unknown God. Therefore, the one whom you worship without knowing him, I will proclaim to you. So he looks around, he gets a sense of what they kind of believe in. Yeah. He looks how to build a bridge. He doesn't criticize them. Notice he doesn't say, you idolaters, you pagans, you whatever. He says, okay, let me see where you're at here. Now let's get the conversation going. And then as you go along, he starts introducing them and brings them to the point where they're going to understand about Jesus. And and actually some will believe. Mm -hmm. It says in verse um, um, 32, And when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked, while others said, We will hear you again. So Paul departed. However, some men joined him and believed, whom were Dionysius the Aeropagite, a woman named Damaris, and others with them. So he did see people coming to know Christ through that conversation he had. Some mocked it out. Some say we'll look at it another time. That's often the, the response you'll get. You know, some people are curious. Yeah. But um, what he's doing is engaging in conversation. Once he gets that, then he starts introducing the claims of Christ, his death, his burial, his resurrection, and the necessity for salvation. So as we look today, David, into yeah. this whole area, uh, what is the biblical response to Islam? Well, um, first of all, I want to give a little background. I know you might have some notes, too, on this. Yeah. But Muhammad is the founder, okay? And he lived in Saudi Arabia, present-day Saudi Arabia, and uh, the city of uh, Mecca. It's still considered the most holiest city in Islam. And uh, why we should study this is, for one thing, Islam makes up around 20% of the world's population today, almost 1.6 billion people, second only uh, to the Christian religion. Right. And it's growing. And a lot of ways we're going to discuss, it's not necessarily by conversion, but by birth, mm -hmm. you know, childbirth. And then, they're, of course, they're raised in, in this particular way. Um, so in 570, Muhammad was born to an Arabian tribe called the Quraysh. The Quraysh were influential because they controlled the city of Mecca. That's very important. Right. And there's a structure there. Now, the structure is a cubical building. It's cube-shaped, yeah. black cube-shaped building. And they believe that's very sacred. But before Islam starts, it was full with idols. That's going to be a big bone of contention. So what what happens is Muhammad, they said he was a, um, an honest man. He was upright. Mm -hmm. And um, he's noticed by this woman who is a merchant woman, rather wealthy. Her name is Kadisha. He starts working for her. He ends up marrying her, okay, this older woman. And um, very wealthy, and but he's given to going. He does a couple of things now as he goes along here. When you study the history of this, mm -hmm. one thing he these are major trade routes. If you study where Saudi Arabia is, it goes back and forth through the Middle East. You have spices, you have foods, and mm -hmm. goats, sheep, all this. So he what, what's happening? He's sitting in these on these pilgrim routes, and they all gather in the evening to talk and discuss. Uh, what's going on in the world, but also about religion, about Judaism, 
about Christianity, about Zoroasterism, different belief systems. And he's kind of spiritually minded in this way. This is going to be important when he puts together his holy book, the Quran. Now in the year 610, it's probably going to be age 40, Muhammad goes and he, he's given to going out in, in solitude, to going into these caves to meditate or pray, to get away from the city of Mecca. But one time in the year 610, so he's about 40 years old, he gets this revelation of a of, of visit from what he later would call an angel. And this angel will say to him, um, this spirit, whatever, it says, uh, Ikara, 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 or read, read, read. He doesn't, he's terrified. He's not sure what this, he thinks it's a jinn, which is a yeah. spirit. That's where we get the word genie, you know. Mm -hmm. And he goes home, and the, his wife and his uncle convince him that he might be a prophet of God. Okay, he might be a prophet of God. Go get these messages. And thus starts these messages he's going to get. Later, they'll be written down and put into the holy book, the Quran. Yeah, was that in about 610 A.D., John? Right. And then he had violent seizures too, didn't he? Yeah. So they thought he was possessed, right? Yeah, and he thought too. He was oh, yeah. It would be later he would say it's the angel Gabriel, but there's a lot of writing that mm -hmm. suggests he's, he's terrified of this yeah. thing. It, it, quite honestly, the visit of this spirit. Um, but he, he accepts it, and mm -hmm. he gets these... Uh, revelations and what happens then is he moves forward and he becomes basically a, a prophet a messenger what he says is a messenger of god and his big thing is to get rid of the idols that are in the, the right Kaba, and, yeah. and, and cause his people from his tribe to turn from idolatry to a singular god now that's important because um they believe that uh, there's only one God, monotheistic. Okay, we, we do too as Christians. We just believe God exists in the Trinity, uh, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They do not believe that at all. So yeah. he says his revelation is this, and this is actually how you become a Muslim. You recite this. Um, um, there is no God but Allah, yes. and Muhammad is right. his messenger, or what we call the seal yeah. of the prophets. Okay. He is, he is the ultimate revelation of God. Now, they're going to believe that the Bible has prophets like Adam, and they'll mm -hmm. say Noah and Moses and David, and then Jesus. So they put Jesus in the category of a prophet. We're going to look at that in a, in a little bit. Well, you're starting to read from the five pillars of Islam, uh -huh. right? Okay. Right. The first yeah, one so, is... So those are, those are the core beliefs and practices mm -hmm. of Islam. So the profession of faith. That's the one. Yeah, there is no God but God, and Muhammad is a messenger of God, is central to the Islam uh, faith. Okay. Yes, yes. Right. Yeah. The Shahada, they call that. Right. And that is the idea that you, that's how you convert. You know, you, you, you recognize that central truth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, um, as a result of that, he's actually persecuted when he goes and shares this with people of his own tribe. And they're going to force him out of Mecca, and he's going to, with the small group that he has that are following him, they're going to fall and they're going to go north to a city called Medina. Now, this is very important because it's like the Exodus experience of the Israelites, the, you know, this movement from one place to another, and that's where they really start to come together and it starts to become this belief, uh, what we to present day call Islam. So they go to Medina, or yeah. Medina, and that's where he has what it is is they get involved in raiding caravans or villages hmm. as you know yeah 
there's a lot written about this, and there's a reason for that. But it, it is a they overcome resistance to his message, and a lot of times that results in uh, fighting. You know, it's a real issue. So um, now Muhammad is starting to get a group together. Uh, they're getting strength in this northern mm -hmm. city of Medina, second yeah. holiest city in Islam today. That's actually where he's buried. Uh, he brings his followers, and then they go back down to Mecca. And that's where um, yeah. he will now um, preach again, and now the people accept it. There's still some resistance, but what he does now is he clears out the temple, he, uh, the Kaaba, yeah, there of was, all the idols. There was like 360 idols in there. Exactly and, right. And he just smashed them, right, got rid of them. He got rid of all, the, all, all of these. And now he's starting to set up this religious system. But John, didn't uh, wasn't there? There was paganism all around them, right? Mm -hmm. So it, it just uh, you know, and all the other communities around him. So this idol worship just grew over the years. But didn't it take uh, Muhammad twenty-two years of receiving these visions until his death? Uh, you know, so it, it he didn't just. The book wasn't just written in a year, right? Right, right. and uh, he kept getting these different visions, uh, unlike the Bible, which was over, you know, f what forty people over fifteen hundred years. But in, in any respects, okay. So he kept getting them all the way up to the time of his death in sixteen thirty-two A.D. Okay, six, uh, pardon me, you, was it six thirty-two A.D.? Yeah, right. Okay, right. Um, so there you would have. Uh, the formation, or let's say yeah. the uh, start mm -hmm. of this religion that today, like I said, approximately 1.6 billion people follow. Now, uh, a couple things about that. At the death of Muhammad, there'll be a split in, in who's going to be the, uh, who's going to carry on the message. And that's where we get the idea of a Sunni and Shiite. Sunni and Shiite. Right. Uh, the largest of those is Sunni. Maybe that's maybe 85% yeah. or more. Right. And the smaller one, which is predominantly in Iran, is is the Shiite. Yeah, so, so those are the major branches of Islam. Exactly. Where right. Christianity has Catholic, Orthodox, and Protestant. Mm -hmm. Right. So similar in that way. Exactly. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of where, you know, this thing went after his death. And by that time, they're starting to write down a recorded uh, his sayings that he's... Getting mm -hmm. from God. See, they believe that this thing came directly from heaven. I know. Straight up. Yeah. And uh, Well, you know, I, I read some story that Muhammad was taken on a horse with wings okay. to heaven to meet the prophets and with Gabriel and to, to get the word that, you know, the Bible had some errors. And he was there to help correct it. Okay. So what you're referring yeah. to, David... Is called the night journey. Yeah, and he says that. Well, as, he, as he says it, he has this night journey or night vision where he rides this mm -hmm. horse called Barak, mm -hmm. and he goes. Now it doesn't say Jerusalem. It's called the city of the north or city of the uttermost northern right. parts. It doesn't say, but they later would claim it's Jerusalem, and the Holy Mount uh, in Jerusalem, where the Dome of the Rock is today. And he says he goes there, and he, like you said, he climbs up to heaven going past all these prophets, and he gets more revelation. And that's why Jerusalem will become the third holiest city in Islam today. It's very contentious, but that's where they have the Dome of the Rock. You know, you see these pictures mm -hmm. of Jerusalem, you see that dome? Right. That's where he's allegedly went up on this, what they right. call the night journey. Yeah. 
and then on, that's where the temple was for the Jewish people. <laughs> and then on the other side, that this mount, the Temple Mount in Jerusalem, is this mosque. Mm-hmm. It's called El Aqsa Mosque, very famous. Mm-hmm. So you have the Dome of the Rock here, about a hundred. Uh, 150 meters south on the Temple Mount is this yeah. other El Aqsa. So then you have the establishment of the um, uh, of the Islamic uh, religion. Yeah, and it it starts getting more and more rules and regulations. Now, one thing we do know is that um, they spread. A lot of it is just by sharing. Okay, the message, you mm-hmm. know, believe there's one God, do not yes. worship idols, confess him, mm-hmm. and then start following. You have the, the pillars. Yeah, I got the you five pillars. Read and maybe you yeah, can explain that sure, I'll, I'll read the five pillars. So the first one you already touched on, John, the profession of faith, the belief that there is no God but God, and Muhammad is the messenger of God, is central to Islam. The second one is prayer or salat. Muslims pray facing Mecca five times a day at dawn, noon, mid-afternoon, sunset, and after dark. Prayer includes a uh, resuscitation of the opening chapter of Surah of the Quran and is sometimes performed on a small rug or mat used expressly for this purpose. Um, Muslims can pray individually or at any location or together in a mosque where a leader is in prayer. And then the uh, alms or zakat, did I say that right? Mm -hmm. In accordance with Islam law, Muslims must donate a fixed portion of their income to community members in need. Many rulers and wealthy Muslims build mosques drinking fountains, hospitals, schools, and other institutions, both as a religious duty and to secure the blessings associated with charity. Number four is fasting, or psalm, S-A-W-M it's spelled, during the daylight hours of Ramadan, the ninth month of the Islamic calendar, all the healthy adult Muslims are required to abstain from food and drink. Um, So, uh, yeah, so so there's uh, fasting. Let's see. And then number five is the pilgrimage. Um, Hajj, spelled H-A-J-J. Every Muslim whose health and finances permit it must make at least one visit to the holy city of Mecca in present-day Saudi Arabia. The Kaaba is spelled capital K-A hyphen small B-A. A cubicle structured, as you said, covered in black embroidered hangings is the center of the Haram Mosque in Mecca. Um, So Muslims believe that it is the house of Abraham built for God and face its direction when they pray. So, John, why is it located exactly there? I saw some story about Adam and Eve getting pushed out of the Garden of Eden. They got separated, and then Adam was trying to find her and came around and fell on his knees and prayed, and then they built a building. I I don't know, because it was the first one to pray to God there. I'm not sure. I, I don't even know if I have that story right. But why is it right there? Why is the Kaaba there? Yeah, it's a good question. Always, there's different explanations for this. Right. You go way back. Mm-hmm. And it's certainly not in the Scripture. We don't find anything mm-hmm. in the Bible about this. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, we'll see Abraham offering up Isaac in Genesis chapter 22. Yeah. And that is clearly... On Mount Moriah, which is right there in Jerusalem. It's right. one of the high points in Jerusalem. So there's no indication 
Now, that they discredit some of that. There's been some confusion. They think it wasn't Abraham offering up. Right. Isaac, remember, he puts him down and he comes back up off yeah. the altar. It's a very, very important episode in mm -hmm. the Old Testament. Points towards Jesus Christ. But they think it was Ishmael. And it doesn't fit in the, in, the, in the flow of God's revelation from Genesis onward. Because Isaac is the perfect mm -hmm. type of Christ. Because he was a miraculous birth. Uh, he was the son of promise. Um, he was named before he was born. Uh, he was yeah. a, the blessed of the Father. Out of him will all mankind be blessed. You know, mm -hmm. and later through his, uh, mm -hmm. uh, his uh, son Jacob and the 12 tribes. But uh, he's the obedient son. He carries the wood there. And he lays yeah. down on the altar, which is a type mm -hmm. of death, and raised up a type of the resurrection. So you see this perfect, it's hinted at in Hebrews 11. Well, you don't get that same, what can I say, storyline with if you try to insert Ishmael in there. It just breaks down in so many different ways. You know. So having said that, coming back to your question about the Kabbalah, what we do know, David, it was a center uh, a, yeah. a sacred center, and there was location of all these, perhaps an idol for every day of the week, every day of the year, you know, all these 360 kind of idols. And, and then there was something I read about 70,000 angels coming down to, to to pray around it every day, too. They believe that? Is that? Well, yeah. You just described the five pillars of Islam. Now, yeah. here's the five major beliefs of Islam. Yeah, okay. One is, first and foremost, Allah is one. He has no partners. He has no son. There's no idea that Jesus is the only begotten of the Father. No, none of that. Um, number two, angels of Allah. Angels are messengers of Allah who carry out a number of duties, including recording the good and bad deeds mm -hmm. of individuals and caring for heaven and hell. Jinn are similar supernatural beings that can be evil. Jinn, that's important to remember. Okay. Because they fear jinn. They think they live in the desert and this, this is where we get the idea of a genie, a genie in a bottle. Genie, yeah, jinn, sure. Jinn is a yeah. spirit. Okay. Right. They believe in a judgment day coming when Allah will open the recorded books and weigh each individual's good and bad deeds on a balance scale in order to determine his or eternal destiny. So they don't believe we're saved by grace through faith. They believe it's good does your deeds. good deeds yeah. outweigh your bad. It's very much works. What have you done mm -hmm. kind of a thing. And, yeah. And, and, the other thing, of course, you have the books of Allah uh, through the prophets. They believe through the prophets, God, Allah, sent down many holy books, but most of them have been lost. The only ones remaining is the, is the law, the Torah given to Moses, Zabur, Psalms mm -hmm. given to David, Injil is the gospel given to Jesus, and the Quran given to Muhammad. The Quran is, this is important, the Quran is the final revelation and supersedes all the others. The Bible has been changed by the Jews and Christians, and they don't believe it's any longer reliable. So you see what they're doing yeah. now? They're they're using the Bible where it fits their 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 kind of uh, worldview into this new religion. But then they'll say it's corrupted. It's not that authoritative. Yeah, right. The key is the Quran, and then we're going to get into that because that's where things get uh, very very different. From uh, the Christian faith, there's actually a lot of differences oh, at yeah. this time. Yeah, I mean the work of Muhammad, it's it's uh, it's not in, it's not inspired, nor is it scripture. There's no verification for its accurate 
transmission from the originals like the Bible, right? Right. Right. So the the Bible, we believe, is inspired and um, the Word of God, 2 Timothy 3.16. And, uh, and, and we have, you know, a bunch, we have 2,000 years yeah. of verification. And uh, so I, I guess, yeah, that, that's something we should, we should touch on. So here, I just run down a couple of comparisons in Islam and then in Christianity. Yeah. First of all, regarding God, they believe there's only one God called Allah. Right. Well, we believe there's only one God, but he's triune mm-hmm. in nature, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Um, Jesus, they believe he's a prophet. He was virgin born, did miracles, but not the Son of God. That's a very important point. They believe he's a prophet. Uh, of course, we believe he's the divine Son of God who was virgin born. Um Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. The Bible says in John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then later it says the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. That's a very, very important point. Oh, gosh, yeah. Who do they say is Jesus? Crucifixion, they say Jesus was not crucified. Someone was substituted for Jesus and hid until he could meet with his disciples. uh, John, uh, on that one, uh, I had that that they believe uh, that God allowed Judas to look like Jesus Uh and was crucified. And that's in the Quran, what, 4, 156 to 158. Yeah, If I I have those verses right. Let me read that uh, 4, I believe you're right on. 156 to 158. Okay. Um, It says here... um, it is God who sealed their hearts on account of their unbelief. They have no faith except a few of them. They denied the truth and uttered... I'm reading right from the Quran here. Uh, they denied the truth and uttered a monstrous falsehood against Mary. They declared, we have put to death the Messiah, Jesus, son of Mary, the apostle of God. They did not kill him, nor did they crucify him, but they thought they did. Uh-huh. You see, that's, yeah. that's, that's, this is huge. Uh, because if you take away the cross let alone in the resurrection, you've taken, there's no Christian faith anymore because it, the well, whole it, message of the early church mm-hmm. was um, that he is risen. Now, just segue a little bit on this, David, in terms yeah. of the resurrection. Right. You'll see there's about four to five uh, mm-hmm. explanations try to people try to give for the empty tomb because they know... <laughs> Historians know Jesus lived. They don't have a problem with that. And they have no problem with that he died, like on the cross. You know, even non-Christians, because there's a lot of historical facts. The issue is the resurrection. But what Islam is suggesting, that it was what they call substitutionary. Somebody else, you thought it was Jesus, but it wasn't Jesus. Like you said, Mm -hmm. was it Judas or was it... Uh, Cy, uh, Simon yeah. of Cyrene, or yeah. was it somebody they pulled up? Mm-hmm. Well, that's totally contrary to the scriptures. Yeah. Because right? each of the gospel in high definition gives us a description of what it was like for Jesus to be crucified. Yes. Extru- a lot yes. of details, not only a lot of details, but a lot of fulfilled prophecies. Now, number two, yeah. so that's substitution. Number two explanation is that the body was stolen. You know, and that's yeah. why I have it. It doesn't make sense. Mm. Who would steal it? You know, the Romans. How are you going to get by the Roman guards? Plus, if, too. The, if the Jewish leadership wanted yeah. to do it, they could just display the, right. the corpse. And the apostles, I mean, come on. They're not even from that region. They're from the Galilee. Why would they try to get in there and get the corpse? 
And then you got hallucination that they just was wishful thinking. Mm -hmm. Well, you don't give your life for a wishful thinking. You know, if if somebody was to come in here and now say, "Hey, Elvis Presley's alive," yeah. and I saw him, he works at uh, yeah. Home Depot. Well, uh -huh, it's like a big joke. That person would not bet his life that he saw. You know, he's no, it's a joke. I'm putting you on. But these guys said repeatedly, yes. "Jesus is risen. We met him. We met him." And that becomes the central message of the sermons yes. that Peter gives Steve. So you see all of these reasons to believe, and these other things kind of fall short in terms of an explanation. Yeah, you're right. Uh, you know, I guess when I, I think about the main differences, you've touched on them, John, uh, that God, you know, the difference in how they define God, uh, that, you know, they don't believe in the Trinity. Uh, they don't believe Jesus is the is the Son of God, and the crucifixion is so important because that's how Jesus atoned for the sins of the world, and it's only through the sacrifice that anyone can be saved from the wrath of God. That's one Peter two twenty four. Mm -hmm. So if they think Judas took his place, then you know none of us are saved. Exactly. You know, so that is critical, and he did rise on the third day. So the resurrection is is obviously. How we're going to have eternal life with him um and non-christians you know we believe go to hell that's in 1 corinthians 15 50 to 58 so um th th those are key differences oh yeah those are those are key. huge yeah. differences yeah. and again i'm quoting right from their own yeah. i have the quran here before yeah. me right for example in terms of having many wives remember we looked at uh, a while back the similarities actually it's interesting the similarities between Islam and Mormonism, mm -hmm. even though they're separated by what is 14, mm -hmm. uh, 1,400 years, but both of uh, Muhammad and Joseph Smith, the founder of Mormonism, mm -hmm. will start out with a visit from an angel. That's a very important thing. Yeah. And the Bible clearly says, do not believe mm -hmm. an angel if he comes yeah. and brings a different gospel. Yeah. Will, okay. Number two, both will use the Bible until their holy book, the Quran, or the case of the Mormons, the Book of Mormon is completed, and then they say ours is not, ours is corrupted. The Bible is corrupted. D D John, do you think because you just brought up, uh, I guess the last couple shows we've had, and the fact that uh, an angel of light appeared to both of those people, and Jesus warned us against that, right? Well, Jesus warned us against yeah. false prophets. Right. He said many yeah. false prophets are coming, but right. it's Paul that will warn. Okay. I'll actually right. read it here in the scriptures. So these guys were not totally unfamiliar, right? Um, that that this um, this could this could very well happen. Mm -hmm. um, let me read just this, uh, what he said here in Corinthians about this. That uh, uh, he says, okay, he says, but what I do, okay, for such are false apostles. These are the ones with false doctrine, deceitful workers transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. No wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Do you see that? Yeah. There's, therefore, Paul says this. I mean, um, 2 Corinthians chapter 11. For I am jealous of you with a godly jealousy, for I have betrothed you to one husband that I might present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear lest somehow the serpent deceived Eve by the craftiness so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. For if he who comes preaches another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or if receive a different spirit, or received, or a different gospel that 
we have not accepted. You may be put up with it. So he's saying, look, there's people coming. Yeah. So th the question is, does Islam present a different Jesus than the Bible? Yeah. Oh, heck yeah. They just, you know, not crucified. He's not the mm -hmm. son of God. It's, it's off on so many points. Do they present a different gospel? Well, how are you saved in Christianity, like you said earlier, is by believing the gospel that Jesus yeah. died for our sins. He rose from the dead. And by receiving him, we, be, we have the right to become a child of God. But in, there's none of that in Islam. It's simply you recite the Shahada. There is no God but Allah, and Muhammad is the seal of the prophets. So you see these are very, very different. Mm -hmm. But again, these are things that Jesus warned about. Many false prophets are going to be coming on the scene when he leaves. And now Paul is warning that there's these um, strange doctrines are going to be coming. Yeah. They're coming. They're coming. And we see that. Um, I wanted to show you this thing about... Um, Polygamy. Now, we know in the Bible, well, let me just quote from uh, the Quran one more time. It says, um, okay, here we go. Give orphans, I mean, sort of four. Um, give orphans property which belongs to them. Do not exchange the valuables of worthless things or cheat them in their possession, for this would surely be a grievous sin. If you fear that you cannot treat orphans with fairness, then you might marry other women who seem good to you. Two, three, or four of them. Mm -hmm. But if you fear that you cannot maintain equality among them, marry one only, or any slave girls that you might own. If you can't provide for this, them. Too. This is in yeah. Sorda chapter 4, yeah. verse 3 and 4. So you see this idea of, of polygamy. Again, I just want to read one more to establish mm -hmm. this. In 3350, uh, Sorda 3350, it says this. Um, and I'm going to show you why this is so important and why this just can't can't work in the Christian uh, community. You cannot be a, a leader in the Christian faith if you have multiple wives. You're, you're, mm -hmm. It knocks you out of yeah. running just right, right. There. You're disqualified. Let's see here. Is that, is that Timothy? See. Well, Timothy is where he describes it, also in Titus. But I'm turning to, uh, in the Surah here, Surah chapter 33, 50, says this, Prophet Muhammad we have made lawful for you the wives, plural, to whom you have granted dowries, and the slave girls whom God has given you as booty, the daughters of your paternal and maternal uncles and your paternal and maternal aunts yeah. who fled with you, and any believing woman who gives herself to the prophet. Do you see what they're saying here? Yeah. In Surah, he, you can have as many as you want. You're the prophet of God. You can have as many of these women. And they're saying that's from God. Whereas the New Testament says, if you want to be a spiritual leader, a pastor, an elder, a bishop, first thing is what? Husband of one yes. wife, house in good order, mm -hmm. able to teach. So this would disqualify yeah. Muhammad based on the Christian uh, requirements mm -hmm. for a spiritual leader. Same thing with Joseph Smith of Mormonism. Right. There's no, there's no way of getting around this. Yeah. It's clearly, once again, I'm quoting uh, from their book. Okay. Yes. Now, the other thing, of course, they're going to deny is the Trinity. Yeah. And this is very interesting. Yeah, that's a good one. It's in, it's in Surah chapter 4, um, verse 171. Now, what's interesting about this and what they think the Trinity is, it says here, this is in the Quran, it says, People of the book, do not transgress mm -hmm. the bounds of your religion. Speak nothing but the truth about God, the Messiah, Jesus, the Son of Mary was no more than God's apostle and his word, which he cast to Mary, a spirit from him. 
So believe in God and his apostles, and do not say, Three, forbear, and it shall be better for you. God is but one God. God forbid that he should have a son. He is all that the heavens and the earth contain. God is all-sufficient protector. The Messiah does not disdain to be a servant of God, nor do the angels who are nearest him. So you see what they're saying here. Don't say Jesus is God here. Don't don't even. So, you yeah, let's just make sure everybody's clear. So the Trinity for Christians is one God and three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And the Christian Trinity is denied by the Quran and Muhammad, right? right. This is force, in force, uh, 4171 and 5116. It says, Islam Trinity, sometimes considered to be the Father, Jesus, and Mary. Right. Now, do you see what's so, happening? They yeah. think Mary is yeah. part of the Trinity. Yeah. Now, again, remember what well, I said earlier, where is Muhammad getting a lot of his ideas? Probably on these caravan routes that run through the Middle East. And they probably had some, this is the 6th century, that were somewhat praying to Mary mm -hmm. at that time or worshiping Mary mm -hmm. or venerating Mary. Mm -hmm. So he's picked that up and he's included it in his definition of uh, the Trinity. Yeah. He gets that wrong. Yeah. That's very telling because he thinks, okay, don't say the Trinity is God and Jesus the Son and Mary. Well, nobody's ever said that. Right. But he misinterpreted what yeah. he's hearing. Right. So he gets it wrong. Right. It's in his book. But yeah. But it's wrong in his book. Yeah. Uh, so you go on and on. You know, I mean, the idea that um, he's he, what you really want to do is get in conversation, David, and then right. ask these questions about what do you think of Jesus, you know, and what do you claim? What about the claims of Jesus? Because if he's only a prophet, uh, then we have problems because he's a lying prophet. Because he's saying, "I go to be with my Father. I'm coming back in clouds of glory. I have the ability to forgive sins. I can receive worship." Well, you can't have a prophet of God making those kind of statements. No way. It's blasphemy, unless he truly is God come in the flesh. Well, here, here's another interesting one, John, where, where you define devil, Satan. So for the Christians, we believe, you know, he's a fallen angel who opposes God in all ways. He also seeks to destroy humanity. That's in Isaiah 14, 12 to 15, and Ezekiel 28, 13 to 15. Now, in the Quran, Muhammad, they believe, uh, they call it Iblis, a fallen jinn, G-I-N-N. As you said, it's kind of like a genie, right? Uh -huh. Jinn are not angels nor men, but created beings with free wills. Jinn were created from fire. And that's in the Quran, uh, two, 268 and 7, 11 to 18. So the, that's a total, total different view there. Um, and then heaven, paradise, the place where God dwells for Christians. Heaven is the eventual and eternal home of Christians who are saved by God's grace. That's in Psalm 73:25 and Isaiah 33:17. And the Quran, it says, paradise to Muslims is heaven, a place of unimaginable bliss, a garden with trees and food and virgins where all your desires of faithful Muslims are met. That's, okay, yeah. and, and that's in the Quran 3, 133, uh, Quran 9, 38. So, um, you're exactly right. Yeah, and, so and then we'll, we'll do hell too. Uh, hell, Christian, uh, is defined as a place of torment and fire out of the presence of God. There is no escape from hell. Psalm 63, 9, Isaiah 30, 33. Um, and Quran says hell is a place of eternal punishment and torment. 
That's in Quran 14, 17, 25, and 65. Um, and for those who are not Muslims, so it's either eternal punishment and torment and fire for those who are not Muslims, as well as those Muslims whose works and faith are not sufficient. And that's in Quran 50, 24 to 26. Right. So you're right, the good works thing comes through there. And, and what do we say about good works in the Christian faith? It has nothing to do with our good works. It's all about Jesus coming down, being the perfect sacrifice for us, dying for our sins, and rising on the third day. Right. right? We are not saved by good right. works, but we're saved for good works. Yes. And uh, yeah. matter of fact, it will say we should be zealous of good works. Mm-hmm. But again... Because they believe judgment is based on how your evil deeds and your good deeds what outweighs the other. Well, that's nowhere in the Bible. You know, that's a very different kind of uh, yeah. scenario uh, for judgment. It just doesn't fit. Well, here's, a, here's another one, John. Man. Uh, Christians, we define man as made in the image of God. Genesis one twenty six. This does not mean that God has a body, but that man is made like God. Uh, in its abilities, reason, faith, love, etc. And the Quran says man was not made in the image of God. That's in 42.11. Man is made out of the dust of the earth, 23.12. And Allah breathed life into man, 32.9 and 15.29 in the Quran. So totally different. Yeah, so I mean, if you had a really long show, you could go point by point. Oh my gosh, yeah. Whereas... The Quran says this, the Bible says mm-hmm. this, this is. Mm-hmm. They're very much in opposition in terms of they just don't align. There's no agreement. Yeah. Whereas we can show a lot of agreement between the mm-hmm. Old Testament and the New Testament. It just is. Yeah. It's a look at fulfillment. Which begs the question, if we have the Bible, which ends with the book of Revelation, which has a lot of sense of finality there. There's a new heaven, new earth. There's a judgment. Yeah. Why would we need another book? You know, why would we need... Another holy book, six hundred years later, or and, you know. and and also, John. Here's another big one for me: forgiveness. the The Bible says central to Christian faith, more than fifty verses about it. God forgives any and all when asked, but humans must also forgive. In the Quran, it says Allah does not forgive, except infrequently as an arbitrary act. That's in four forty eight of the Quran and thirty five seven. That's really the key because if God didn't forgive us after the sin with Adam and Eve, he wouldn't have sent his only son Yeah, right. to save us, to be the perfect sacrifice. And, and that's really the basis of why I'm following Christ, to think that he came down from a perfect world, perfect right. heaven, eternity, to take human form, to actually start as, a, as a, you know, an infant right. and go all the way through the human cycle. Um, and then die for us a brutal death um, on the cross, and then the third day he rose for us. Man, that's the, the, that's really the pinnacle of what we believe and why we believe it. Yeah, right. He's he, a forgiving God. Yeah, he's a forgiving yeah. God, and that's all through the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see that, especially like in the parables of the prodigal son. And right. And the, the Bible clearly says, it says, Jesus, who knew no mm-hmm. sin, became sin yeah. for us that we might become the righteousness of God. Yep. So there's that transaction. Whereas um, Christianity is not like a set of rules. You know, it's not mm-hmm. like a moral code. Like we just looked at the five pillars of Islam or the four noble truths of uh, Buddhism or mm-hmm. something. Really, Christianity is about an exchange where you 
you exchange your sin and guilt for God's righteousness and forgiveness. That's why it's, it's so important, that verse, that he who knew no sin became sin, Jesus, yeah. for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. And then we should be zealous for good works and sharing the gospel yeah. and praying for others. All that will then come in. Not so in these other that are work-based. Mm. The problem with working, number one, how many good works you have to do to be right in God's sight? Oh you would gosh. never know. No way. And so the other thing is, yeah, it's really hard to share the gospel if you tell people it's based on their works. You know, what are they going to do? Give money or do this? And then, then they think they're in right standing with God. There is no way for us to know and understand how to measure that. Mm -mm. So, you know, I, I think that's the other thing that I'm relieved about is I know I'm not supposed to be, you know, sitting around doing evil works. But, you know, every single day I, I've done something to offend somebody, mm -hmm. whether it's my mannerisms or the way I've spoke to somebody or my thoughts. And so there's no way I think at all that I can do anything to, uh, to allow myself to have all these, you know, sinful... Uh, you know, we're, we're sinful by nature. Yeah, right. You know, it's like every day there's something. So uh, I'm, I just feel great. You know, and I use this a lot now, John. One of the things you said to me a while back was, you know, Dave, you, you can't keep looking in the rearview mirror. Now that you're a Christian, you have to look forward. And look, the rearview mirror is little, and the, the front window is huge, and yeah. it's wide open. Clean canvas, clean turf. Don't look in the rearview mirror. Uh, and... You know, I, I think as long as in your heart you're trying to do the right things, uh, I think that's really the important thing because we're already saved. We've already won the battle. We're yeah. victorious over the enemy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but we can't live a life that just because Christ saved us, you know, we can do whatever we feel like doing to other people and right. hurt them. Yeah, exactly right. I, I, I think it's not just doing good works that's going to get us into heaven, but we also can't just be, you know, thinking bad thoughts and and not acting like a christian what's amazing about this it's kind of like once you get into the and we've used this before the new race mm -hmm. okay you're in a new race you have jumped the fence your old body's over there laying on the ground is i that's what i'm visualizing <laughs> and then uh, we follow christ it's almost like you're a totally different person and you'll realize that your your eyesight is different, mm -hmm. your mannerisms are different, stuff you used to do, uh, you'll stop doing, right. especially if it's bad. Your speech. Right. Uh -huh. You're not going to be perfect on this. I'm nowhere close where I want to be, but I'm getting I'm getting better. Right. Uh, and there's stuff that I would have done to people in the past that crossed me uh, that I just, I don't do anymore. Right. Um, you have to, and it's really talking to yourself. You know, no, wait a minute. You, you don't want the old guy to creep in or old gal. Exactly. Right. You, and you talk to yourself. You kind of coach yourself through it. But in, in any case, if we're not in the image of God, how can God? How can the Holy Spirit rest in us? That's the issue, right? And, and that's why we vessel. have to, right? He needs that forgiveness. Yes. And that's why he'll say, yeah, to as many as received him, then he gave the power yeah. to become a child of God. And so. But what's required is turning, you know, repentance, turn away from our old life and receiving Christ. Right. And believe me, he transforms. He'll give you, like you said, a new mind. Transform your mind. It's not instantaneous. You'll have a sense of purpose and, and purpose and power and direction. And you have something to share with people that will really help people.
You know, I've had a couple people um, that I used to know say to me, man, you've changed. Is that right? And, and, and I think that that's what Christ does. Uh, because you're going to exude, you know, that we talk about the Holy Spirit overflowing, kind of like water. Right. Um, and I think there's times where, you know, you get in front of a situation and you're interacting with people you used to know with the old, old guy, the old man, and they're like, wow. Why did he handle it that way, or why is he talking so different? Right. And it's not like you're learning a new language. <laughs> it's the way you deliver your response mm-hmm. that's different, and the way you walk around and who you hang with. Yeah, and the, the it's a it's, the it's all Spirit. those things. Yeah, the indwelling yeah. of the Holy Spirit is very very powerful. Mm-hmm. And so we're seeing as you compare the Bible and the Quran, you see these kind of discrepancies and what you're. What, here, here's the thing too, David, on mm-hmm. Islam and Mormonism both. Yeah. Their revelation is dependent on one man. Right. Yeah. One man getting it yeah. right. Okay. Muhammad. Did he, you know, everybody's betting that he mm. got it right and that the Quran is all from God. Yeah. The same thing in Mormonism. They're betting that Joseph Smith got it right. Well, like Muhammad, right from the get-go, he has over 20 wives. You can't be a spiritual leader in the New Testament with multiple wives. It's very clear in Timothy and also again in yeah. Titus. And Jesus says, for this purpose a man shall leave his, his mother and father and cleave to his wife. Singular. So, there's just no way you can get those two guys in there under the definition or the qualifications of New Testament spiritual leaders. Yeah. It just doesn't work. Right. So that's a big one. Mm-hmm. The other thing is the fact that um, they they have practices and rituals that we just don't know where they're they're coming from. You know, they're certainly yeah. not biblical. Um, don't eat this and don't eat that. Well, Jesus clearly says that it's not what goes into a man's mouth that defiles them, but rather what comes out of their heart. Yes. So he changes that whole thing around. I mean, if somebody wants to not uh, drink or not eat meat or whatever, that's not the issue. The issue is you can't put prohibitions and say, if you're going to be a good Muslim, you can't eat pork, or you can't do this. If you're going to be a good Mormon, you can't drink coffee, or you can't yeah. Coca-Cola yeah. or something. Right. So those are all additional, and uh, that's a problem. That's a problem because people get so wrapped up in the ritual that they often forget uh, the real essence of the belief. What is the belief? Yeah. Um, you know, so uh, I, as you said, I, I think it's very important to understand these other faiths, and it's not our job to uh, to criticize or or to do anything like that, John. Right. But I think it's important to uh, just be aware of them. So, and, and I hope that you know uh, these other faiths are also exploring Christianity, um, uh, because I, I think it's important. Yeah. Oh, so, oh, yeah, this is what I was looking for. Comparison of existing manuscripts and the quantities of, uh, of what's around. So when you take a look at some of the best-known authors and books, Homer has 2,000 manuscripts, Plato 7, Aristotle 49, Caesar 10, um, the New Testament 6,000 in Greek, and 24,000, including translations and other languages, supports the Bible. So that's that is really good. Yeah. Um, you just laid all the evidence on the table here. Yeah. And, and, and then also the Dead Sea Scrolls in 1947 provided a significant check 
because uh, these Hebrew scrolls um, predate the earliest um, Old Testament manuscripts by about a thousand years, and they were almost identical to the Bible, right. the Dead Sea Scrolls. But anyway, okay, so we, we touched on that. One thing after another. Yeah. So coming back to Islam, you know, we only have a couple minutes left. I wanted to show you a very interesting episode in Acts of the Apostles, chapter 10. Okay. That even though this is written 600 years before the founding of Islam, which is roughly six centuries after Christ, um, there's this encounter in Acts chapter 10, and it says this, um, verse 1, There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what was called an Italian regiment. He's a devout man. He fears God with his whole household. He gives alms generously to the people, and he prayed to God always. Later on, he'll talk about how he was fasting. Yeah. Okay, that's later on. He says, uh, verse 30, Four days ago, I was fasting until this hour. So here he prays regular, he fasts, um, he gives alms, he fears God. He's got almost the, the five pillars of Islam. Yeah. You see this? Yeah. But he's 600 years before Islam yeah. starts. But notice God hears him and he's going to send Peter to introduce him to Jesus, to get in the gospel. There's a lot of people, this is what's called in the Bible, a God-fearer. Are they Christians? No. Do they fear God or have this certain reverence for God? Yes. They're trying to do whatever they can do, but they need somebody to take the gospel to them. Absolutely. But that that's yeah. almost well, a perfect picture of a Muslim right then and there. Yeah. Am I right? Yes. Fasting, praying, giving yes. alms. Housing. And uh, it's very interesting that uh, we have this, this model that's given to us, but it also shows us that there's people out there that, are, that have come, they go as far as their spiritual headlights will take them, but they need somebody to help them. Like Peter does later in this chapter, he is sent to them, and he goes and he speaks to uh -huh. them. Uh, where you can say, um, uh, you can read verse 34 through 38. Where, where are you? Uh, Acts chapter 10. Okay, one second. If you have it, go ahead, John. Right. Then Peter, he goes to meet Cornelius. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. But in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he is the Lord of all. That the word you know, which was proclaimed throughout all Judea, began from Galilee after the baptism with John's priest. Now how God has anointed Jesus of Nazareth by the Holy Spirit with power, who is doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. We are witness of all these things. He was killed by hanging on a tree, crucifixion. God raised him up on the third day and showed him openly. Then it talks about how Cornelius and his whole family accept the Lord and get baptized. Yeah. See, this, this is very interesting because, again, he has all the characteristics of a Muslim in so many different ways. Yes. But they still need... Uh, the gospel is still necessity the gospel yeah so uh, what can i say in summary number mm -hmm. one uh, be be sensitive uh, to people that we live around you know they come from all different places some might be a mormon some might be an atheist some might be a muslim uh try to engage in conversation that's one of the biggest things in sharing the gospel is your is you're just trying to have a conversation and ask questions rather than try to give all the answers yeah why do you believe that? What does your book say? Who do you think Jesus is? 
what do you think happens when you die? So as you go down that kind of a list, it, it gives you more and more information of how to better respond to that person. Now, maybe you won't, quote unquote, lead them to Christ, but you might cause them to start thinking, gee, could all the Bible and the Gospels be wrong and Muhammad be right on such an important thing such yeah. as the crucifixion? When we have two eyewitnesses, John and Matthew, we have Mark, who may have been a witness, and then we have Luke, who was a researcher, a historian researcher, and he researched all the stuff on the crucifixion. We have non-Christian writers like Josephus, Pliny the Younger, Tacitus. These are first century, second century, and they all say this is what happened. Jesus died on the cross. How can you do that? Yeah. Almost 500 years later, say he didn't. Yeah. It's a little like me sitting here now and saying, oh, John F. Kennedy didn't get shot in Dallas, Texas yeah. on November 26th. <laughs> well, yeah. well, I mean, that's what, 60 years ago? Right. Or you saying, no, the 9-11, the Twin Towers didn't come down. People just thought they'd come down. Well, it's such a great event, so powerful an event in our memories. It's etched in our memory, Pearl Harbor. Mm-hmm. John F. Kennedy mm-hmm. shot, Twin Towers come down. How much more so if you saw a man brutalized and crucified, nails and the spear, and then you're saying he's put in a grave for three days, and all of a sudden you see him and meet him, and then he ascends out of cloud to heaven? Would you ever forget that? No. no. You do what the apostles did. They go out and they start shouting. It's all over the place, right? Death, burial, resurrection. Death, burial, resurrection. Singular theme. See, they're willing to go to prison for that message. Yeah. Willing to go to die for that message. Absolutely. And the world's never been the same, David. Never been the same. So that's the message we got. I hope, I mean, yeah. we did a kind of a flyover today. But like I said, David, we were doing this as a kind mm-hmm. of a triplet. You know, what does the Bible say yeah. about Jehovah Witness? What does the Bible say about Mormonism? What does right. the Bible say about Islam? Again, be be kind uh, ask questions. Mm-hmm. Always pray for people that might be involved in these different belief systems, and look for opportunities to share your testimony. Yeah, tell them how they came to Christ. I, I think the big thing here too, John, is by us looking at these other faiths. You know, I, I think it should really impress upon people that we all need to research our own religion. Yeah, oh, we yeah. all need to research our own religion. Because what I used to do is, I just Dad told me to go to church on Sunday, and I went to church. And I was there, and I followed whatever they told me to follow, and uh, I left. And then I went back the following week. I think it's the same with Muslims and Mormons. You get into a groove yeah. where you you respect your peers and you'll do whatever they tell you. It's good It's good when you start to get older that you research your own religion yeah, right. to make sure you're in the right place. It's what we yeah. call examination, yeah. like you say. Most people live with unexamined unbelief. Yeah. Unexamined, mm-hmm. they didn't understand. They didn't even examine why they don't believe the claims of Jesus Christ. Yeah. So I leave on that note. Our time is up. Thank you for listening to WNZN Power Radio eighty nine point one FM coming to you from Lorain, Ohio. God willing, we'll have a guest on next week, and I think the following week. Two yes. Very interesting yeah. guests coming up. Thank you again for tuning in. Thanks, David. Thank have a great you. weekend, everybody. God bless. Oh, it's Memorial Day. Yeah. Okay. Hey. Have happy holiday. Week. God bless. You. <laughs>